Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 194 of What a Beautiful Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I am your other host, Andy. Welcome back to What a Beautiful Podcast, a show on the internet about comics. How are you, Jack? I am great, aside from the fact that New Jersey is a hellscape right now. Uh, It is wet and hot, and there is no end in sight, and I'm tired of it. I'm glad I'm not there right now. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel any better, uh, Southern California has been in, like, hardcore desert mode the last few weeks. The, The glowing hate orb has been cruel to us. The, the thing like, is, though, it's not as bad because it's super dry. It is not Yeah, uh, I was just moist. about to say, <laughs> like, the worst part is that I go outside and it's 99 and wet. <laughs> the air is so thick you can cut it with a fucking yeah, chainsaw. <laughs> AC doesn't do anything because the water is already saturated. The air is full of moisture and you can't do anything about it. Yep. If I set up a dehumidifier, I would just be having a waterfall in my apartment. <laughs> You'd be changing that pitch like every hour. I would have to have it drain outside. It would be a gutter. <laughs> I oh man, I wish I could just desiccate myself. Just like turn me into a mummy. Wake me up when it's fall. <laughs> I, yeah, I think everybody on the East Coast, you know, smart people would always agree that fall is the best season. Yeah, like. People say that a lot because it's true. Right. Light jacket. I, I don't want to hear people saying spring is the best season. Because people that say that spring is the best season do not have pollen allergies. That's for Correct. damn sure. Also, spring lasts two weeks. I will die on that hill. <laughs> spring right. is not a season. It's barely real. With fall, you know, you get from late September to late November on, like, solid, like, nice breeze, light jacket weather. Best season. 70 degrees. Crisp. Yeah. It rules. Yeah, but I, I have so many light jackets I could wear. Like, I have 12 coats in my closet, Andy. I haven't been able to wear any of them. As as uh, fun and exciting as a podcast about the climate of the East Coast uh, tri-state area would be, uh, that's not what this podcast is, and it might turn into that one day. Uh, just wait and see, dear listeners. But what we're here to do is to talk and read some comic books. Which is always fun and exciting, but this week in particular is really, really exciting because we got the the Jojolian chapter to end all Jojolian chapters this week. Uh, some of the, like maybe the most batshit crazy thing Hirohiro Araki has ever put on paper, and you can't say that lightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Araki went to bat, and he was like. What can I put down on the page that will just baffle my audience? And you know what? The man's like 50-something, hasn't missed a fucking beat. No. Like, like, what if a stone mask turned people into vampires? And then, chapter 99 of Jojolian, 35 years later, what if... We'll get into it. But let's just say, it makes some of the weird shit we complained about in Stone Ocean look like uh, baby time. (laughs) Oh, that <laughs> you were like a little baby. Watch yeah. this. 
What, you have a character that's made out of soup? Stop. Look at look at this. But we'll get there. Uh, before we get there, though, we have this uh, interstitial chapter of Steel Ball Run uh, that we can take a look at. It's it's a quick one. It's about thirty pages, and that'll lead us yeah. right horse in stuff. to the net. Yeah, we got some more horse stuff. We haven't really seen what's going going on with the race for a while, so that'll be a nice detour no. back into the race before we jump right into Civil War, which is an interesting arc. Yeah, it's its own thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, there's a whole race that's been happening because like. The arcs we've had in the past, because it was Wrecking Ball, Tubular Bells, uh, and Sugar Mountain. We're all in this last, in this current stage of the race. Yeah. And Wrecking Ball in particular, that whole time, was just them trying to figure out how to cross that lake. So... Yeah, Wrecking Ball took place over the course of an hour, maybe? Tops. Tops. Yeah. So, we need to we need to kind of get our heads back on straight, and we got to keep our eye on the prize here. So let's mm-hmm. uh, let's do some horse stuff. So this is chapter fifty-five, qualifications of the victor, uh, Gyro and Johnny uh, hard posing right here. Yeah, uh, we'll go back and forth on the pages here because it's just narrator coon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Steel Ball Run Transcontinental Race. In this race, our horses travel an average of fifty to seventy kilometers each day. I guess it's Johnny, but I'm not reading all of this. <laughs> this is the maximum distance we should travel to keep stamina loss and risk of unforeseen accidents to a minimum. We ignore anyone going faster than this pace because that racer will either wind up retiring from the race or even dying. When we were crossing the Arizona desert, we discovered that after 11 in the morning, the temperature would rise up to 50 degrees Celsius. It's about ooh, 120F. Um... Whenever we found a sufficient amount of shade underneath a tree or underneath a ridge, we would spread out our insect-repelling mats and just go to sleep. Our horses slept standing up. Oh, you want to take it from there? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right, we'll do every other page. Every every page will switch, okay. Mm. Once the sun started to set, we would start moving again. If there was enough moonlight, we would travel during the night. If it was too dark, we would immediately set up camp in order to avoid the risk of our horses coming into contact with poisonous plants or tripping over rocks. Our horses could go about four days without drinking water. Even while camping during the night, we were busy. It was necessary to brush our horses' hair thoroughly for a few hours. Not only does it serve to massage their muscles, but it would also help to ward off insects and keep the horses clean and disease-free. Several hours, Jesus. Oh, yeah, I, I completely missed that part. Can you just, like, to horse people, that's like, yeah, of course you brush for a few hours. But to us, non, non-horse non guys, we're like, I'd just get, I'd get annoyed after 20 minutes. Yeah, I'd like, really be over it pretty quick. Uh-huh. Barely, barely brush my dog for more than a few minutes. <laughs> While traveling, if our line of vision grew narrower, or if there were wooden crosses littering our path, it was a cause for concern. In the past, bandits would attack travelers along the road. Chances were that the place we were in was one of those places, the kind of geography that allows for surprise attacks. To go the longer route, even if there might not be any enemies, or to prepare ourselves for battle and push through. Those were our only options. But during the race, what really requires concentration and stamina is the process of crossing a river, be it big or small. Once you're in the water, you're vulnerable from all angles, not to mention there are flies and mosquitoes all around you. Also, if your horse gets bitten by a viper that's swimming in the river, you're basically done for. I wonder how many rivers we've crossed during the span of our journey so far, and how many more rivers we'll cross. Oh, that's deep, Johnny. 
Oh, here's... Oh, I love this page. All right. <clears throat> the Italian coffee that Gyro makes is a special treat, especially during a journey like this. It's as black and thick as tar, and you mix the same amount of sugar as the amount of coffee before you drink. Once I drink two shots of this, all my fatigue instantly goes away, and I'm suddenly filled with a surprising amount of energy. It smells incredibly delicious, and it makes me optimistic and enthusiastic about our journey ahead. The coffee is really a godsend. Gyro sometimes gives some of it to our horses to drink after he's cooled it down a bit. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> like, is this is this an Italian thing? No. Do you make coffee? This soup? is a, this is an idiot thing. Is what this is. <laughs> I like it's I, like hardcore Italian espresso can be really thick, but this looks like chocolate syrup. <laughs> I really. I want to get, like, super thick espresso and then just dump as much sugar as coffee there is. And yeah, whatever Italian that is. Italian people would probably crucify you for putting that much sugar in your espresso. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. At any rate, this race requires you to read the land and the climate. It also forces you to pay attention to you and your horse's mental and physical strength as you keep going on. If you don't conserve your energy, you'll lose. After we crossed 45 degrees north latitude, we only traveled when the snow and the wind were blowing behind us or hitting us from the side. If the wind was hitting us from the front, even slightly, we would find a cottage or dig a hole where we could rest until the wind changed. Even for two or three days, we waited patiently. Impatience would only lead us to ruin. The pressure is intense. And like this, things pass, and we, are, and we were finally forced to our limits. That's when we finally start seeing the stage's goal. And this is the curious part. I have no idea why, and it really puzzles me. Is someone sending a signal? It even seems that way, because there should be a discrepancy between all of the riders and the distance they travel. But when we start to approach the goal, all the other racers are rushing to finish at the same exact time. In this last stretch, they all use the last bit of energy that they left, that they have left, that they've been conserving. Oh, this is Johnny actually talking here? Because yeah. Poco Loco's here, and Poco Loco uh, has undergone uh, slimming down, would you say, in these 55 chapters oh, of yeah. Steel Ball he's Run? Oh, yeah, he's definitely like, not. I mean, everybody's kind of changed a little bit. Like, I even remember, like, the first appearance of Lucy. Like, she's not even the same person. <laughs> no, Poco Loco definitely looks like less of a caricature now, too, which is yeah, good. Yeah, which is def very good, yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to point out there, Jack, I feel like yeah. this is one of those chapters that, like, would come out of Jajolian that me and you would be very annoyed with. <laughs> Like waiting month, I'm like I'm trying to put my head into waiting monthly for Steel Ball oh, Run. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, though. Like the these interstitial chapters, uh, when you're reading month to month, feel like hell. But like in a book, they're like a nice breather because of Wrecking course, Ball yeah. is brutal. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Like so, Wake of People had a hole, like a suffocating wound in his chest. Yeah. Like, weekly, this is no problem, but I feel like monthly, it's just like, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Scar like, Scarlet Valentine lost a brain. Ugh. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm down to look at horses for 30, chap 30 pages. It's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> Gyro, it's Pocoloco. Following him is Higashikata. Pocoloco is right behind us, but frankly, I don't see him as much of a problem. I can tell just by looking at him. His writing technique, as a writer, he's third-rate. 
Glance. Glance. You think so, Johnny? Then why is it that he's currently in first place? <laughs> because, oh, because he's got Heya. Uh -huh. And we, we see Heya is hanging on to Poco Loco, this weird uh, bucket-headed uh, mechanical thing. Just as a reminder, Heya doesn't actually do anything. He is categorically the either the weakest or most, most powerful stand in all of JoJo. <laughs> yeah, anything... Whenever you have a piece of fiction that has luck powers in it, um, just go with it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's arguably arguable if it even is a luck power, you know? It just points out things to Poco Loco. Yeah. And it, uh, God, you just gotta go with it. Yeah, what was Heya's voice? Oh, well. oh fuck about yeah. Yo, 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 Poco Loco, baby. Don't get your panties in a twist. Yo, yo, come on now, relax. Come on, come on. This blizzard's hitting us the right way, Poco Loco, baby. Keep on following the wind. Oh, you want to do Poco Loco's voice? Sure. Yeah. Use the wind. Just let yourself ride on it, yeah? Hey, you giving me advice? Oh, 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 of course. You know I'm your buddy, me and the wind. You got Lady Luck on your side, huh? That was what they said, yeah? All you got is luck. Good luck all the way. That's it. You've got luck all around you. But when we were crossing the street, Gyro found the trail before we did. So what? You caught up to them, didn't you? When everyone's fighting for the goal, when everyone's at their limits, what do you think puts someone above the others? Only good luck. You haven't lagged behind. You haven't gotten any into any accidents. That's proof that you got luck on your side, buddy. This blizzard, it's blowing for you. And, like, Johnny and Jaro can definitely see Hey, uh, so, like... <laughs> uh, that's... Can Jaro? Well, alright, yeah, we've been back and forth on this. I think I think we decided yes he can because he has the corpse part. I think that's he lost the eye though. I don't think he has the eye anymore. He gave that to Lucy. Oh right, so maybe he can't anymore. But Johnny yeah, he doesn't have can. scan. Yeah. yeah, Johnny could see him. I don't know if I don't know if Johnny's ever commented on Heya. I guess we'll see. Right, because like we never even I don't think Gyro it, it was ever pointed out to us if Gyro noticed Magenta Magenta stand or not. I don't know. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. We can't lose to anyone here. Got it? We've only got three stages left of the race. We need to get points from this stage. We need them. Johnny, how much more distance do we need to cover? Considering the amount of steps we've taken so far, I'd say only about 600 or 800 meters. Do you think that 200 meters is a pretty wide gap in speculation? Then take the middle. 700 meters. Johnny, the blizzard's dying down. Poco Loco uh, goes for the middle distance and sees a path open up in front of him. What did I tell you, Poco Loco, baby? Look, you did it, Poco Loco. Look at where those two are heading, huh? Right for a crevasse, a big gaping gap. They've got no choice but to take the long way around it. How many throws? Johnny, should I throw one shot or two? You only need to make one throw. Don't slow down either. Golden rectangle, tusk. Uh, bang, 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 bang. Uh, infinity nail bullets into the ground in front of Johnny and Gyro. We see the nail hole spin to the edge of the crevasse. Uh, give us a good aura here. Aura! There we go. Uh, Gyro throws the steel ball at the nail holes. 
Uh, more, um, ga- more galaxy brain shit. Oh, holy here, shit. Jesus this Christ. holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is so cool. So the nail, the infinity nail holes travel into the steel ball as it impacts into the side of the crevasse, unraveling the metal of the steel ball and making a fucked up bridge. <laughs> oh my god. Great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I love this. <laughs> What? What the hell is that? And the horses are able to just walk on this fucking tightrope. Like, <laughs> hey, dressage, horse dancing. That's what this is. All right, all right, horse stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. A wire. I don't know what happened, but they had the steel ball with something, and it scraped into a wire so they could cross the crevasse. D- damn bastards! What the hell was that? They crossed the crevasse like it was nothing. Yeah, we got horse stuff on our sides. And no words, but we see the screaming crowd welcome Johnny and Gyro as they pass the goal line. Oh, here, here's our boy. <laughs> yeah, announcer Coon. Gyro Zippoli, Gyro Zippoli, Gyro Zippoli, Gyro Zippoli, and following him, Johnny Joestar. The one that conquered the blizzard and the dreaded frozen straits is Gyro Zippoli. Gyro Zeppeli finishes him first. Everyone's so happy about this. Everyone's screaming. Johnny screaming. Gyro is like doing the fist pump thing. He's like, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Poco Loco looks pissed. And on the outskirts of the gold town. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we see a very bloody magenta magenta. Yeah. Ugh. Airplanes. Shit. Why? Not here. Wish they invented those damn airplanes sooner. I I don't want to die, that bastard. Wake up, Epo. I won't forgive him. Gonna kill him. Fucking betrayed me. Shit. Shit my eye. Lucy Steele, huh? I heard everything. So, what does he mean... Airplanes. I wish they invented those damn oh, airplanes sooner. That was the conversation he was having with uh, Wake of Peepo at the start of Wrecking Ball, where they were talking about the Wright brothers inventing the plane like oh, 15 okay. years ago. Like, the, the plane was invented like 15 years ago in Steel Ball Runverse. Yeah. Um, and he's like, man, I really wish I had an airplane. Didn't have to deal with uh, a bullet going through my head. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. now we can see that we are uh, somewhere in the Great Lakes. Uh, the borders aren't it. We don't. I, I think this is in Illinois. I think, like maybe Michigan, Mackinac Michigan. City. Yeah, oh. yeah. This is this is Michigan right here. Oh, okay. They're like, this is Michigan. Okay. Yeah, in in the middle of the Great Lakes, and then seventh stage, Philadelphia Triangle, Mackinac City, Lake Huron to Philadelphia. Total distance estimated to be about 1,300 kilometers. Estimated time, about 22 days. Mm. Wow, we're going to Philly! City of brotherly love. Best place on earth. Yeah, I was waiting for the (laughs) yuck. If you live in Philly, that's fine. So did I. It's... Leave it there. Like, you know, and then people are like, oh, but South Street's fun. No, it's not. It's dirty and it's loud. Yeah. South Philly is good. I haven't been. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's very... There's a, there's a lot of neat stuff to do. Like, um, you know, Old Town's cool to walk around in. Like, it's Rittenhouse neat. Squares. Yeah. Fun. But yeah, 
Yeah, uh, again, not a podcast about American cities. Might be one day, but we'll, we'll pin that. Uh, <laughs> I do not want to make a podcast about geography, man. <laughs> I think we can call, call that, like, strike that from the list. <laughs> okay. At the, top, at the top is still, like... Uh, the emergency button uh, every episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, yes, that is still, if all else fails, this becomes a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air <laughs> podcast. No questions asked. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> after the George Joe Star uh, audiobook. <laughs> and, yeah, after the George Joe Star audiobook. <laughs> oh, man, if we ever do that, like... I already I, said that's going to be the last thing we ever do, though. So that maybe that has to oh, come is, after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, is that the last... Oh. That, that, that's, no, this, yeah, that's the thing. That'll be the last thing we ever do is read. That's the George thing we Jeff have Star. to work on throughout. Like we, like over the next five years, <laughs> <laughs> we each just go back and forth reading a chapter. Now we could, if we each went back and forth reading a chapter like a week and then stitched it all together, we could probably knock that out in a few months. Oh yeah, that like, actually I wouldn't take all that long. It's just a matter of like we'd actually have to like do takes and not. <laughs> You know, not fumble over the words. Like no, we wouldn't you. try to, like, read it on air. We would, like, go... Each of us would read a chapter, and then we would stitch it together. Like, yeah. trying to read that and do, like, swap voices would be hell. Oh, yeah, we can't do that in this format, no. I mean, no, like, we no, could no, probably we do follow-up episodes book. to commentate on George J. Oh, Star, yeah. but trying to do that, like, while reading a book? <laughs> that sounds horrible. Anyway, uh, so yeah, you have all that to look forward to uh, with the next uh, couple decades or so. But for right now, in this time, in this place, we have chapter 90 fucking 9 of JoJo Lion Endless uh, Calamity Part 5. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see, like, when did I first start reading JoJo Lion? And... Man, it it's been a while, man. Like reading it and then getting to chapter a hundred next month—that's big. That's, that's huge. Yeah, because I think I started reading this maybe around chapter eleven, twelve. And like, like, I still don't see how this like ends in like less than like ten chapters. So I'm like pretty convinced this is gonna be the longest JoJo part of all time. Kato. Whenever's Kato not on screen, people should be asking, where's Kato? (laughs) Jack is going to be really upset if Kato doesn't factor into the climax of this shit. He's been on that train for years. Furious. Where's Kato? Where's Nijimura? Where's, uh... Carrera. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Where's Carrera? Like, we already had Ojiro... Ojiro, the two Ojiro chapters were excellent, and exactly what I want for the rest of these interstitial characters that don't really impact the main story. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we just had a chapter where Kato was eating a sandwich, I'd be fine. <laughs> I was like, alright, she's there. It's just, because I just, I genuinely can't think of another JoJo part that had this many bit characters that just disappear. Yeah, like... Like, somebody like Nijimura, who is, like, in it for a while, and then she just disappears... And the, I can't think of another character that's like, that's like that, like the, w- or without um, explanation. Like at least you had, you had like Anne in Stardust Crusaders, but she left for a purpose. 
Like she got was, written out, but Nijimura never got say, written out. Uh, Aramis for like forty chapters. Remember? Oh yeah, and Aramis kind of just disappeared, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, after the fight with uh, Sports Max, she was just like in intensive care for the entire. Um, oh yeah, she got joined. Yeah, she got cat joined. Yeah, uh, for the entire Punishment Ward arc up till Cape Canaveral, I think, mm-hmm. up till Snails. Up till snails. But yeah, we'll see if any of these folks make a return. I'm starting to not think so at this point, but... <laughs> uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe this isn't even the final boss. We still I don't, think don't so. really know for sure. I don't think so. I, I really... I, I don't. I still think Kato factors into it somehow. Um, Somebody like, is is the head, head rock person? Like No, uh, not... Not even like the head head rock person. I think the rock people are being manipulated as well. Like, oh. I could be completely wrong there, but if you know what it is, though, it's just the power set of the head doctor just like screams final boss stand with how like ridiculously OP it is. Like, maybe it... not as OP as like D4C Love Train, but it's still up there, though. You know, you know that we need a time-based final boss stand, though. Come on, man. Was D4C time-based? It, time and space. Okay. Like, like, once you start getting into dimensionality in stand powers, like, that's final boss. Like, I know. It's head, just do- that head the- doctor stand is extremely powerful, like, and it's a lot like Love Train. Um, like, it's... It's up there, I think, in terms of end game power level, but we need to see someone that's like really fucked up. Right. Like, I think the thing that makes me question, like, question that is the um the 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 sentience aspect, like the most sentient stand ever, like more than Sex Pistols, more than fucking cheap trick, <laughs> like. Yeah, I. I still wonder about that, like, how much of it is sentience and how much of it is the user speaking Projecting. through it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll find out, because there's, we, there's a lot to learn from this chapter and a lot to mm. break down. So I guess mm-hmm. we'll just get into it and we'll uh, park this for the end. Yeah, yeah, we'll get back into that. But yeah, we got yeah. chapter 99, Endless Calamity, part 5. All events are consolidating to this man. And we so in case you Toru weren't Kun. convinced that Toro wasn't the user yet, for yeah. some reason, like, here you go. <laughs> Toro-kun with the head doctor stand. And did we uh, mention, like, the head doctor uh, stand face is the same stand that Josuke saw in the hospital all those yes. chapters ago? We, yeah. we were debating that for a long time, but yeah, this is 100% the same stand. Yep. Yep. Uh, we got narrator-kun at the beginning of Jojo Lion. <clears throat> Rock humans. What they are is... Strap in, folks. Because <laughs> we got a lot of references to a lot of things. Rock yeah. human females are visually indistinguishable from human homo sapiens women. It is possible for human males to inseminate and reproduce with rock human women, but there are no examples of the opposite. Now, are, are all these rock people is that the implication here i think they're just pictures of of women i think that's all okay 
I, and I, wa- oh, I over these next believe- few pages, do not overthink anything you're seeing in the next few pages, and none of this is any sort of canon. It's just a Rocky drawing a bunch of shit to get his point across. I just I just wanted to put that out there real quick. Yeah, because Aramis and Enya are on this page. Yeah. Um, we already saw Steel Ball Run Enya in, like, the first chapter of Steel Ball Run. Mm-hmm. Rock human mothers give birth in the spring and summer seasons and carry the fetus for six months. However, they rarely, if ever, have affection or a parental relationship with the child. Soon after the mothers give birth, they bring their child with them deep into the forest. They then look for the roots of a dead tree, place the child there, and then leave, all without wrapping the child in a cloth or fur or any such thing. That is the one and only show of love and motherhood to their child. If left alone, the child will not be able to get nutrition, and before that, if it is found by another animal, it will be killed in moments. But what approaches this child first, at the base of the dead tree in the forest, is insects. A newborn rock human child has the average body length of 28 millimeters and a weight of 15 grams. Wow. <laughs> That's like a fun-sized Snickers bar. Mm-hmm. There are carnivores among the insects that approach the child. In short order, Asian giant hornets and Japanese yellow hornets will come after the child. The fierce and aggressive hornets will attack with their stingers and mandibles in an attempt to tear the child to pieces, but the rock-human child knows that by instinct. In fact, they desire it. (laughs) All right, here we go. (laughs) Yeah, Andy, you want to take over for the whack shit? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So... As if clinging to a mother's breast and her maternity, as if seeking love, they slip their way just past the extending stinger and reach out their hands. Then it's make or break, dodging the mandibles. So the baby will then jump up and bear hug the giant hornet. Yeah, dodging dodging the stinger. And then it flies away. Mm Mm-hmm. Not knowing what to do with the child clinging onto its blind spot, the wasp is left no choice but to return to its hive. The rock-human child knows of this instinctively as well. It also knows that wasps use pheromones to gather comrades and create wasp societies. During its flight, clinging to the wasp, the surface of the rock-human child's body immediately begins to harden like stone. And with the wind pressure, just half the body turns to stone. When the wasp returns to the comrades at its hive, there will no longer be any others that will bite the child apart with their mandibles or sting it with their stingers. The child releases its arms and legs from the soldier wasp and rolls its body around inside the hive until it finds the queen, the mother among mothers. The child reaches its hands out and searches for a soft portion of the surface of the queen's body and clinging, biting, and crawling takes over the body while it is still half alive. Yeah. Okay, Jack, your turn. <laughs> this is how the rock human child finds a warm, safe place to sleep and obtains ample nutrients. It then spends 17 years inside the bodies of multiple generations of queens. Then, while, li- while fixedly inside the society of the hive, learns on its own about the laws of nature, the flow of time, the concept of numbers, and ways to live within a structure called a group. It dreams and waits impatiently for 17 years to go by, when it will abruptly grow in stature, kill all of the wasps, and venture into the outside world. And we see this happening with several rock humans, one of which is Toro-kun. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 
Life first came about four billion years ago. The control towers of life called neurons are cells that bonded and evolved based on the element carbon. At the same time, life cells that bonded from silicon were born. And while they were only a few in number at percentage of living cells, the silicon-based cells existed alongside the carbon-type organisms as if hiding next to them. The creatures whose bodies that are formed by those cells are rock organisms. Why did a creator give life to these two paths? Most likely, rather than some kind of opposing relationship like a shadow for a light, and it were positive and negative, it was the role of a fallback. Insurance for in case the existence of life itself failed. If the first path of carbon-based life came to a dead end, it was a fallback, a second path. That is the role that rock humans serve. Rock humans' actions are fundamentally independent and they have no families. But sometimes, if it's to their advantage, they will form groups and slip into human societies. But this is nothing beyond give-and-take relationship. There is no love or friendship between them. And we've seen this. These, these rock people don't care about each other. No, like, not at all. When one of them dies, like, no one shed a tear over Damo. No. Like, no. Um, also, we see the rock dog. It also uh, explains why literally all of them have been huge pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, because they, they're literal sociopaths. Yeah. They grew up with wasps. <laughs> rock humans have a fascination with ground rock and stone, see blessings from the earth as true benefits, and make special places that give rock humans special power as their true homes. This is very important. Yes. This is extremely important. Consequently... Bearing in mind uh, humans' ecological behavior and spread across and migration across the continents, and they're continuing to migrate to this day, there is no chance of forming a relationship of mutual recognition between them and rock humans, nor any chance that they assimilate. Oh, what's that? It's the devil's palm. What's it made of? Rock. <laughs> Implication being that the devil's palm was made by rock people to give them special powers. How is this done? Fuck you. Yeah, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Probably won't. Anyway, here's a sound man and Johnny and Gyro. Nice to see him. <laughs> yeah, going through the devil's palm. Uh, here's Lucy Steele saying the devil's palm and uh, also Lucy Steele saying the ground of Mariah. I, I realized who this is, though. This is one of the... Um, there was a image of like a group of like FBI agents or special agents connected with Speedwagon Foundation. Yeah, to get the corpse, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's that lady. Yep. Yeah, I maintain this is like a descendant of Lucy Steele. Um, well, I mean, th- it could definitely be that, and I wouldn't be surprised if they were oh, associated yeah. with Speedwagon. I mean, I don't really know too much about the history of the Speedwagon stuff in this universe, if it was ever really I don't really think anyone explained. does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they took the corpse, um, but they've been almost completely off screen. Like, we haven't had uh, any kind of screen presence for the Speedwagon people like we've had in, like, part six or even part five. Yeah. Um, so, Jack, since the devil's palm is a rock person thing, should we bring back that old chestnut about how Jesus is a rock person? <laughs> no. No. I don't... We don't need to do that. Anyway. No, Jesus is not a rock person because there was a corpse and rock people crumble to dust when they die. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, remember... Remember but when Josuke fucking not annihilated Demo and he just turned into gravel? Yeah, but if the Devil's Palm is a rock person thing, then that brings up a lot of questions about its connection to you know 
the whole like Jesus miracles thing that also gives people stands. And maybe we just assumed that they were connected, but they actually weren't. They were two different things. I think they're two different things because we've seen that stands can arise from like multiple different ways like i mean i guess it could be a coincidence that the palms popped up in the places that jesus walked across america on that yeah like that's the only i think that's why i'd assume that they were connected but i don't know yeah 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 anyway here's dio (laughs) yeah here's dio because we're looking at the stone mask and the arrows both things made of rock is the implication that rock people made them no i think it's just to show like hey these things are also made of rock oh what's that it's a walleye what's that yep look there it is it's walleye (laughs) let's uh what's the what's the timer the count since we've seen the walleyes set it to zero (laughs) (laughs) but yeah maybe the walleyes are special places made by the rock people and they were unearthed by the 2011 tsunami and earthquake Right, Remember how that also, was an event that happened in Jojoli? Yeah, but then based on the whole history of Johnny Joestar arc, it was it, the implication was that the walleyes had something to do with Jesus, but now I don't know. <laughs> like, Ooh. because... Yeah, the, the whole implication, like, with Johnny turning into a saint and being buried in Boro, and then all this weird shit starts popping up, like, I feel like that was the implication, but... That was also, like fucking six years ago yeah it might might as well not even matter anymore i mean that mm-hmm. that whole joe star family tree history of giant joe star thing was like pure fan service anyway so maybe it's just not gonna end up oh doing oh, nothing. exactly yeah but anyway here's like i guess it's supposed to be like all the rock people and then torakun over all of them yeah torakun being the leader uh because we got doremi fasilatido uh the driver of that one i forget that jabroni's name dr Wu, poor tom um and now we're at a funeral for we'll see but i guess it's worth noting that this is actually the first time they've uh, rocky's confirmed that toru is a rock person i mean obviously we had our suspicions Mm -hmm. but yeah we we thought that yeah um but yeah anyway who's this who's this kid with the guile haircut (laughs) oh it's the mean bean man yeah um and he's at a funeral for his dad. I my guess deepest I... sympathies. I'm really sorry, Raccoon. My condolences. I um, your father was a very good man. He was so good to us. I'd like to offer condolences to your mother as well, Raccoon. Where might I find her? In in the inner room. She's resting right now. Is she feeling unwell? I see, but there's really. Nothing to worry about, Raccoon. If there's any trouble, please t- talk to us anytime. We'll be of any help we can. Honestly, feel free to talk to us about anything. That includes money. Speaking of which, you get parking stubs here, don't you? They do give them, don't they? You'd think it would be free, but... Huh? <laughs> oh. At, at the reception, is it? Because who's this man, uh diffusing this situation oh it's norske the very early 20s han- yeah very <laughs> handsome norske <laughs> still norske. got the balls in his hair yeah where'd those come from who knows yeah norske san rye i'm so sorry are you all right norske san uh about my father's orchard the pears my father grew in his orchard were raised were really well raised but then insects messed them up 
No one believed me, but it's those insects' fault. I saw with my own eyes. And we see pears with a lot of stuff oozing out of them. Uh, and also a bird with... This looks like Green Day. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, and it you also like see this little day. leg coming out, which may remind you of the rock insect that the boys are facing in the present day. Yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. Fry, stop. Your father truly was a great plant appraiser. He had a discerning eye whenever it came to farm produce. If there were some insects or a disease, he would have noticed, wouldn't he? It's because I said I saw one. Then my father went out during a typhoon to check for that in the orchard. Come now, that's enough. Everyone checked. I even checked for insects myself. There was nothing there. Isn't that right? What happened to your father was an accident. It was all nothing but purely an accident, understand? Normally, typhoons don't make landfall in Mariah. But this year, one did. There was a landslide. So you mustn't blame yourself. This was a natural calamity. Ah, put one in the jar. Ah! Uh, funeral, funeral, funeral. Oh, who's that man in attendance here with weird hair? <laughs> oh! Even brings up so many questions, but we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Norsuke-san, that attendant, that person with the white hair, are they an acquaintance of my father? I've never seen them before either. I'm not sure who that is. By the way, Rai, I think it's likely the pear orchard will be a challenge. I'm worried about your mother's health as well. But first, your duty is to do a good job carrying out your duties at this funeral. Yes, sir. And the guy with the white hair puts on his hat and walks out, and we see that it is the head doctor's silhouette. I love this, like, fade-out thing out of the flashback. Like, this is really kind of creepy. I love it. The imagery with the head doctor continues to just be absolutely flawless. Like, Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to present. Uh, Brock, insect, bubbles everywhere. Bean Man and Josuke are in a bad spot. Yep. Uh, Head Doctor is sticking out of a wall. There's bubbles everywhere. Josuke has been wounded by a rock insect. And here we go. This whole rock insect thing, it's just like, of course, like, let's just throw another thing in there to pad this out a little longer. Mm -hmm. It, It couldn't be. The new Rockacaca branches, yes, it's doing just fine. The time for the harvest is nearly here. In other words, you haven't obtained the new Rockacaca just yet, have you? No, that's quite accurate, depending on one's perspective. I wonder how you'll react to hearing it. The new Rockacaca is moving from where it is now to where I am. The flow is carrying it. It is not a. F- it is not in a flow where you could obtain it. The flow you see is what is that you will get up from that chair. It is certain that you will stand up to pursue me. I am wonder of you, and the flow <laughs> is always a calamity. Oh Jesus Christ! Yep, <laughs> that was definitely in the running for the stand name, but uh, there it is. Yeah. Wonder of mm-hmm. you. Wonder With of you. Letter U for some reason. <laughs> It depends what the the kanji says. Yeah. Kana, wonder of or or um, Iraqi <laughs> decided to start dodging copyright now, <laughs> right now. <laughs> uh, wonder of you. No, it like they could have been why you. They just decided of you. Um, yeah. Maybe so that the scan later didn't copyright. I don't know. But yeah, Wanda Obu you. Elvis Presley song and album. Automatic stand. Yeah, that's that's certainly something, some part of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Josuke, it's there, behind you. The floor starts to ripple up, turn into popsicle sticks, and here's the rock insect, building itself back up out of nothing. It's the same attack as before. Here it comes. And we described this a little bit before, but it's like an erector set that has a spiked ball that can swing uh, and scratch. And it scratched Josuke before. And as Josuke starts to get up from his chair to attack it, uh, mold stuff starts growing out of his eyes and ears. It's awful. And his mouth. All of his orifices. What? What? What is that? What? What in the world? There's there's a lot going on in these pages. <laughs> there's a lot going on. The wounds from before. And the rock insect is trying to really uh, get Josuke here. Um shoots a popsicle stick at him but Mamazuka Rai uses his uh, zoom punch powers to block it <laughs> shields Josuke from the attack don't move Josuke it's poison Oh. if you're stabbed and try to escape upwards you'll cough up asbestos don't move oh you know this thing I don't believe it this rock insect uh, but it's not a very strong poison. Hmm. Yeah, it's all, I, Josuke's already, like, torn it off of his face. He's fine. Yeah. I don't think there's much point in explaining, but to be precise, it's not being stabbed and escaping upwards. It's being stabbed and stretching out your limbs. If you try to escape or extend your joints, every hole in your body will spew out asbestos. Do 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 de da 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 is a hunter of mountainous regions. It hunts and eats rabbits and birds from the ground, and those tend to jump to escape, don't they? When plants and once plants, branches, and fruit that are injured stretch out, they spew asbestos. They may appear to be d- diseased. Mama Zukurai, I remember a time when I passed by you some time ago. That pear orchard was quite good land since long ago. Oh, reminiscing about old times brings tears to my eye. Back then, your father was simply caught in the flow of calamity. Wonder of you. And so he died in a landslide. That's all there is to it. Ooh, and Josuke is crouched up on this copy machine. The poison is off of him. He is ready to rumble. Mama Zukurai has the dark fire in his eyes that we've seen in Johnny and Gyro. Yep. There is nothing at all you have permission to possess, be it a pear orchard or a single new rockakaka. Josuke, it's climbed up. It's melted into the surface of the desk. The flow does not change to, to be, be continued. Continue. And no hiatus. Thank. Can you imagine if there was Ugh. a hiatus at the end of this shit, Jack? I would have <laughs> taken a month-long nap. All right. So that was a whole lot. Uh, yes. I guess we could start from the top and just say you know that was weird (laughs) yeah it so my question big big question from the top because like the rock human stuff like okay that's on the page we have to accept it yeah we have to accept that these like (laughs) things come from are just like silicon based life forms they grow up next to wasps 
cool nice um they can manipulate rock and land in order to give themselves stand abilities that's what i'm getting from it yeah um i'm trying to go on the wiki to see if there's anything that we any detail we might have missed especially the rock human uh section but Okay, the reason for the high proportion of stand users in their population is likely due to members of the species considering stand unlocking areas such as the Devil's Palm and the Mariah Walleyes to be their true habitat. Oh, huh. so they didn't create the Walleyes or the Devil's Palm, they just gravitate towards them. Okay. Yeah. So that also, alright, so maybe it is true that the Devil's Palm and the Walleyes are a similar, similar phenomenon, all stemming from body of christ kind of thing yeah because they've only appeared in places where jesus has been dead or alive yeah i'm trying yeah because anyone who's like near a walleye has like gotten stands hmm you know the bite marks <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah the rock people are the stands due to the the stand unlocking areas um akifu satoru yeah all right that's the number one thing we need to break down here so you know toru's a rock person okay uh the other the 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 akifu satoru situation is really just fucking me up big time so him show him showing up in the flashback of rise dad's funeral uh implies one of two things okay either a akifa satoru was a real person at one point and wonder of you has assumed his identity or two uh toru is just old (laughs) and was was in action back then those are the two possibilities here assuming that wonder of you was always akifa satoru yeah, because I'm I'm on the wiki page, and obviously the wiki just uses the information from the page. Yeah. Um, it says Satoru is the stand itself. The stand form is mechanical in appearance, automatic ability. Uh, ability is activated when a target looks at Satoru's back. Um, because hmm. like the thing I'm getting from this here is that Toru is always in control of 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 Wonder of You, and Wonder of You is basically like what he uses to do business, basically. Yeah, like, it's the face of the organization, meaning yeah. Toru can kind of just chill. Yeah, uh, which he does. Yeah, because he had like the relationship with Yasuho, and he's always been on the outside, just like keeping his identity as like a like a kind of a low level assistant. And mm-hmm. he's just always been able to stay in the shadows, which I don't understand Observing. considering how over-designed he is. But we've <laughs> we've been over that. <laughs> yeah. But point and being, so I think that's the best guess we have right now is that this stand is just um, either sentient or is a, like a facade for Toru. I mean, I mean, based on a lot of the dialogue, I feel like it at least has some level of sentience, the way it talks to Rai here, talking about bringing tears to his eyes and stuff, because it doesn't seem like 
Toru is like speaking on behalf, like he's speaking on behalf of Toru because Toru's always off doing something else. Yeah, the I mean, only it could thing be extension I have... of him, like psychic thing. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, the only thing about that is like when that reporter came in to talk to Satoru, and Satoru was just like parked, like that made me think that Toru had to have more of an active role, but. I don't know. Because the stand ability... I guess it kind of reminds me of Whitesnake in a way, you know? Yes, yes. Whitesnake was not anywhere near as complicated as this stand is, but it was still... I mean, it was off doing its own thing. Uh, Poochie was always around the area somewhere, but Whitesnake was usually doing its own thing. Like, under Poochie's orders, basically. Yeah, and Poochie was talking through Whitesnake also. Yeah. Like, Whitesnake didn't have a mind of its own. No. But Wonder of You seems like it does. And, like, we've seen like, that before. Like, yeah, does just not at Wonder this of You level. take orders? Does Toru dictate what it does? Or, like, does it just say, like, do this and Wonder of You figures out the best way to do that? Also, people can see Wonder of You. But I guess that's what the facade is for. Like, somehow he's able to put on the face that became Satoru Akefu and use that to interact with the world, which yeah. really is the... That's what makes me think, like, there's some sentience involved here. And I'm and I'm feeling like it's some pretty high-level sentience, like, way more than any other stand we've ever seen, if this goes the way I think it's going. I mean, it could obviously be revealed that Toru was always in control. That just seems like a lot. Like, this man was managing a hospital. Like... And it also, like, we had a hint at this whole situation when uh, Toru showed us the picture of him and the head doctor. And I think at the time we were like, ah, that's pretty fucking weird. Because that, looking back, that's a big hint. Yeah. Like, oh, no one has seen the head doctor's face except for Toru, and here's a picture of them together. Bada bing, bada bing. Right, it's just that Toru was so fucking weird. We just didn't think all that much about him. We were just saying how annoying he is. Yeah, I'm getting really sick of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole thing with um, him being weird with Yasuho, like, pretty much just existed to throw us off his trail, basically. Like, we were just led to think he was just some creep, you know? Yeah, Although, some kind of even from the start, we knew he had to be something because of, I say it again, how fucking over-designed he is. He had to have been something, you know? Like, we were saying that from the start. Yeah. He was, he was, he couldn't have just been, like, a side character. Right. Because, like, even compared to, like, some of the other major side characters, like, he had main character energy in a way. Turns out to be, like the big boss or like on the road to the big boss stand right so we're not 100 percent sure if wonder of you is this is part eight's the world or um killer queen or whatever yet we're not sure it's possible it's extremely powerful it it, it has capabilities that like three or four other stand users would have individually combined into one mm-hmm. it's uh-huh like One this of the most is surface, stands we say, surface seen. combined with love train combined with like, um, uh, notorious big. Yeah, right. Like it doesn't have any like time space manipulation powers, but in terms of like the physical world 
and humanity may be the most powerful stand ever in terms of just like manipulating the physical world not so yeah. much time and space and maybe if we get down to like the actual like what it's doing in terms of altering the quote-unquote flow we'll see it's like oh no it's looking at the possible uh the possibility space of the universe and picking the one where the worst possible thing happens. Right. Maybe. This whole, yeah. Right. Yeah. This whole like uh, calamity thing that could very well be the Jojo main bad guy has time space powers thing by saying that, that this fucking stand has probability manipulation, <laughs> which is Ooh, definitely you see that on a superhero wiki and you know you're in for some shit yeah probability manipulation as far as like power scaling goes in all kinds of fiction is probably the most powerful thing ever makes time stop look like child's play oh yeah time stop makes, is shit. makes king crimson look like dog shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> Like, with that kind of power, I mean, it, it all depends on how much control he has over it, right? It seems like mm-hmm. the whole calamity thing is mostly out of his control, and he just, and it just kind of happens. But, like, if it's revealed that he can manually go through the probability space and, and get make whatever he wants to happen happen, that would be a whole other level. Oh, but if it God. is reined in by being outside of his control still fucked up still some kind of probability manipulation but not as overpowered as it could be yeah we'll see in one month what happens since we get another chapter we get that in one two oh we gotta wait we gotta wait a while yeah we do it's one of those times where we caught it all right, we'll see. We'll see in five weeks. Also, I just want to talk uh, about Kato Stand real quick. <laughs> Kato Stand manga debuted to join Chapter Fifty Five, Walking Heart, Breaking Heart. Uh, Kato Higashikata Stand appears to take the form of a simple deck of playing cards. However, by placing an object between two cards of the deck, she can store that object in the deck herself itself as if nothing was there. She can store objects that are considerably larger than the deck, as seen when she brings forth a chair. This is where I think Nijimura and Carrera are. Right. Yeah. And I still mm-hmm. stand by saying that that is eerily similar to D4C. I'm, I'm not going to let that go. Like, where do they go? alternate universe (laughs) Kato is related to Funny Valentine end of story man (laughs) if we see a family tree that says that I'm gonna shit (laughs) I don't think uh, Funny had any children that Uh, we know of yeah he could have fucking. him and Scarlet could have reproduced pre SBR I mean, Dio had three idiot sons right. that we Dio never knew about. Right, Dio had three idiot sons out of nowhere. Uh, no, Jorno doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, Jorno doesn't count. There could be some other Valentines floating around. Funnier. Whatever. Funniest. No, we've been through this. <laughs> we, can't, we can't talk about funniest Valentine. <laughs> funniest Valentine can't hurt you. Funniest Valentine. <laughs> Okay, well, we could theory craft for ten hours, but I think we have a good handle on what happened in this chapter and where it might yeah, go. Very Wonder satisfied. Is very cool. I'm glad we know his name. 
I'm glad we know more about Toro's history. I'm glad we have a good idea of where this is heading. I feel very... I, I haven't felt this fulfilled with Jojolian since the Demo Tamaki days, so it's really nice to be where we're at. I'm very excited. Yeah, the last time I felt like this was probably during uh, Ozone Baby, or maybe like a couple chapters of Dr. Wu and Awaking Three Leaves. Yeah. Because there was some... Like, the Dr. Wu arc was cool, but then... Oh, the, uh, the, uh, I forget, was it the Endless Pursuit these chapters were called? Because they got renamed to Wonder of You, Your Miraculous Love, Parts 1 through 11. Right, um, but yeah. that's not what they were called before. Yeah, I guess they must have uploaded the Tankabon chapters. I'm not sure if it'll say. Yeah, they, they re-uploaded oh, it, it with the Tankabon chapters. Yeah, because they were originally called the Head Doctor of the TG University Hospital, Parts 1 through 11. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting, mm-hmm. interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. But yeah, that'll do it for this week. Hope everybody uh, liked hearing us talk about horses for 20 minutes and then nonsense for the next 40. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time. Hope you guys join us next week for more of whatever this is. Uh Exciting SBR stuff moving into a new arc. We'll get Dragon mm-hmm. Ball back. Yes. Uh, more Tao yes. Pai Pai. Love that, man. Tao Pai Pai. So all kinds of fun stuff on the docket. Uh, Jack, play us out, please. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at JoJo underscore cast. There you'll find links to our SoundCloud where Andy uploads lovely, lovely thumbnails that are definitely related to each episode. Uh, as well as our RSS feed that you can subscribe to in your podcast app of choice. You can find us on Spotify as well. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a review. Thank you, everybody. We will catch you next week. Later, guys. Take care. Bye. (laughs) 